It is Thursday, November 17th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Thursday Night Football kicks off week 11 in the NFL. And Gonzaga plays as an underdog for the first time in three years. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Texas Longhorns move to 3-0 with a 93-74 blowout win over Gonzaga. And Taylor Heineke will start again for the Washington Commanders. And Justin Verlander collects another Cy Young. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Vegas lead is going to be Thursday night football kicking off week 11 in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers hosting the Tennessee Titans. And Green Bay is a three-point favorite here to help us break it down, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, is this an overreaction to the Packers winning last week against the Dallas Cowboys? I don't think it is. Even though I have Tennessee rated the better team, and then you ask yourself, well, wait a minute, no NFL team has more than a three-point home field advantage, although I would argue Green Bay probably does have three. Mm-hmm. But if Tennessee's better by a point, shouldn't Green Bay be laying two, not three? Well, here's what's going on. I really think that Tennessee, we have a a perfect storm here. We have a very injured defensive team, all right, a team that relies on their defense and running the ball, and there's injuries all over the defensive side of the field, and it's a Thursday night game for a team that, frankly, is kind of going to coast to the division title. I could easily see this being a a business decision, some players that could play that won't play in this game, and because of this, it would not surprise me. You know what? If you're betting Green Bay, I'd lay the three right now. I think it's going to three and a half. So here's what we know right now. Uh, Center, Ben Jones, not going to play. Safety, Amani Hooker, not going to play. Kicker, Randy Bullock, not going to play. Outside linebacker, Bud Dupree. And backup safety, Lonnie Johnson, all not playing for the Tennessee Titans. Already. I think Jeffrey Simmons isn't playing either, is he? Oh, I didn't see that news. So there's... uh, they're just ravaged by yeah. I know the defense had four starters injured and three more guys got injured. And so, uh, frankly, I'm not a guy. There's people that do this, that go through and say, that guy's worth a third of a point. Yeah. That guy's worth a fourth of a point. But the cluster injuries also, when the whole defense starts getting compromised, the coaching staff now is plugging holes everywhere. It's like, um, what's what's the guy that does the informa- information? Phil Phil Swift, that's like, hey, I, 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 I got duct tape to like solve all your problems, and at some point you just run out of Flex Seal to make them all go away. <laughs> Did you change your grading on the Packers after the win last week? I thought it was an impressive win. I did upgrade the Packers by half a point. I thought the game could have gone either way. And so if you're a four-point dog and you play a team even, yeah, you're going to get a half-point upgrade. Okay, and then no change on the Titans after the win against the Broncos? I mean, the Broncos stink. Yeah, the, and the stats, it was a pretty equally played game. I know that they got the win by seven, but even at the end of the game, yeah, Russell Wilson, you know, the Broncos just stink on offense. They're great on defense, but they're, they stink on offense. The Packers are they're going to have injuries too, though, uh, on defense specifically. Devondre Campbell's going to be out again. Uh, Rashawn Gary's out for the season, as we know. And the Packers have not been able to stop the run. 
which is worrisome, obviously. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. You're playing Tennessee. Can you stop the run? The answer for the Packers is no. The other thing that kind of makes me lean to Tennessee here is I don't want to bet against Mike Vrabel as an underdog. This dude, it feels like everybody – you know, you talk about the Giants and, and the Vikings and that you are what your record says you are. Like, I don't think the Titans are very good, but they keep finding a way to win games. And the Packers don't. <laughs> like, that's There's a big difference there. No, no doubt. And I, th- I, I feel, you know, one of the things I do best is forecasting line moves. I really think standalone game Thursday, mm-hmm. Packers, everyone saw the, the Beat America's team last week. I really think you're going to get three and a half. Stay patient, wait. And I think that three and a half, especially when uh, more of these injury reports get finalized and who's going to play, that um, you're going to be able to get the hook on and the three and a half. I'm gonna, I'll take three and a half if I get three and a half. I think so. Look, Titans have covered seven straight games, and there's only been, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six teams to cover eight straight in the last 10 years. Mm. So that's what the Titans are, are looking at right now, the potential to make some history and, and just cover again. Uh, you mentioned Vrabel as an underdog, 23-14 and 14 ATS as an underdog. 20-7 uh, and seven is an underdog of three or more. Ooh. ATS. That's pretty good. And think about this. Think about how much that, that Packers game or the, uh, the Cowboys game took out of the Packers. And now they've got to stop Derrick Henry. Woof. Like, that's a, a – that's what? a tall task on short rest. Low total in this game, Fez, would you lean under? No. Just because of the Thursday night unders, 17-7 and seven, the last 24 and Thursday these, night games. The, the Titans are, I think the Titans are the slowest team in the league. I think Packers are bottom five. Like These are two snail teams. You know, I keep saying it. But a lot of defensive injuries. I keep saying this is the week the scoring is going to go up in the NFL. It just can't stay depressed. And we keep seeing lot well, the Denver Broncos, right? They're, mm-hmm. We're um, – I think, A.J., if the Broncos had just scored how many points, they'd be 8-1? and one? 20 points. It's amazing. Yeah. 20 points is the path to victory for the Denver Broncos. And, you know, it sure feels like in many ways the Titans are kind of a good version of the Denver Broncos this year. And the the Packers' game plan is going to have – the Packers against the Cowboys, what they do? They ran the ball well, and they hit a couple of explosive plays mm-hmm. for with Christian Watson. But it's going to have to be a totally different game plan here. When you play the Titans, you don't really run the ball – and you ha- like they're going to have to lean on Aaron Rodgers, which means, I-, I don't know, I've seen a lot of bad Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they're going to lean on Aaron Rodgers, though. I think the Packers, because of their success they had against the Cowboys and with Jones, that they're going to continue to then do that's that. Then t- that's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea, but I think that's what they're going to do. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to play Aaron Rodgers under, it's about 240 for pass yards, mm. because I think the Packers are going to overrun in this game, and like you said, Titans are going to play slow and keep away, and it's just not going to be enough usage to get Rodgers to 250. So, yeah, Rodgers, 224 in the win against Dallas. He had 291 in the loss the week before against Detroit. Uh, he's had a bad season. It's been a down season for Aaron Rodgers passing no one the knows football. that more than the number one pick in our quarterback draft. That, not my best work. <laughs> that was your number one pick, I was I was it? handicapping baseball at the time. By I the way, know. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins – Neither one of them practiced this week for Green Bay, so their offensive line banged up. This I I'm with you. This kind of this this feels like an under game. Yeah, I, I, it's such a low total, and you're gonna have to. Is it 41 now? Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. It's probably I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I, I'm gonna wait, and I, I'm gonna see if Fez is right. If I get a three and a half on Tennessee, it's a play for me. If not, I probably just watch and go. Oh, why am I watching Thursday? You night? don't think you'll <laughs> get the three and a half? 
No, I I, I don't know. I I, don't know. I I don't have a feel for it. But well, if you think I will, I got you three and a half at circa right now. That you was know what? easy. Yeah, I guess three and a half it is for me then. Well, well, three and a half at circa. You got to hurry up though. Now, well, now, now here's one thing I want to say. I would argue you don't have to hurry up. Now, Circa is taking $50,000 on this game. Let me repeat. If you want to bet Tennessee plus three and a half, you can, you can bet 50000 Now, there's this. I'm not going to bet that much. There's a perception, though. I'll go halvesies with you. <laughs> there's a perception out there that, oh, you know, people see it on, on Twitter. Oh, you know, Mattress Mac and other people just bet $500,000 in the sports book. Just ha, ha, smile and punches in the ticket. That is not the way the world works, people. I, if I walk into the Westgate and I say I want $500,000 on an NFL game, they'll look at me even on Saturday or Sunday. They'll say you can have 10000 That's our limit, Steve. You know this. So, uh, if you're a sucker and you're losing lots of money in the Baccarat pits, then you can, and you're Charles Barkley, you can bet 300000 Normal human beings at most sports books in Vegas, even major ones, can bet ten to 20000 on an NFL side. Now, Circa's different. Circa, they take monster big bets. So, I'm always a little concerned. Circa led the charge here. Circa went to three and a half first, which means I think someone's it, betting the Packers. Someone's betting the Packers, and they're betting Large. big. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Um, yeah, looking at everywhere else, I see it's... it's probably the same people that were betting everything on the Browns last week, though. They call circa <laughs> uh, they, they call circa a leading indicator book. Yeah. Um, so, but but that's a great point about like everyone betting the Browns. South Point's at three and a half, also. Yeah, so South Point has to deal three or three and a half, and they've already gotten to three and a half. So, a bold prediction. I believe if you got enough outs, you'll get plus three and a half at reduced vig by the time this game kicks off. Somewhere. Oh boy! Okay. Yes. And the total holding steady, 41 everywhere. You know, I'm not so sure about this total. That's a great question, you know, which way it's going to move. I think a lot has to do with which. It's already pushed down from 42 and a half. How cold is it? uh, It's a good question. Okay, let's see. Uh, Hourly weather for Green Bay, Wisconsin. They like cheese there, I heard. Uh, Kickoff is what, 7 p.m. local time? 7.15. Okay. 26 degrees, 9-mile-per-hour winds. The feel temperature is 17 degrees. Now, <laughs> this, I mean, this sounds like a Derrick Henry game, doesn't well, it? Well, you know what? I, I understand that it snows in Tennessee, and it's not Florida. But this is still – I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable with the team in Tennessee in early November that was just trick-or-treating with their kids without a jacket – and now they got to go to 17 degrees, and they're not—they haven't practiced. This is the coldest it's been for any of these Titans all year long, and that—that that can have an impact. Mm, by comparison, Nashville, it's 34 in Nashville. Yeah, Nashville right now. weather today is pretty cold. Nashville, yeah, and it ain't, ain't 17 degrees. But that's—but but, but, but that's probably the coldest day that's been in Nashville all year long. Yeah. Okay, so 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 in other words, they'd have trouble. They're probably going to have trouble. They're going to be cold getting on the plane and colder getting off. <laughs> That's fair. But then the cold, a lot of bruising hits from Derrick Henry. It's it, not. I don't think guys really like to tackle in the cold. No, you well, don't want to take those. Hits. I, I the, pack, I, the Packers run D doesn't like to tackle yeah. in the warm. I don't want to tackle Derrick Henry just in general. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The more we talk about this, the more I, I'm I'm. Liking Tennessee. Here. Maybe we'll play Tannehill under. What's his pass yards? If we can look that up, because certainly, if the script is to for Derrick Henry to just bruise all my all, all the Packers and Tennessee hanging in the game, then we shouldn't see more than 170 yards for Tannehill. 184 and a half. Slim margin, but we got there by 14. <laughs> <laughs> uh, passing touchdowns. Rodgers over one and a half is minus 115 both ways. Ryan Tannehill is. A half 
The over is minus 270. The under a half a passing touchdown for Ryan Tannehill is plus 195. Now, that's criminal. Let's talk about this. So, as far as he straddles, <laughs> so minus 275, plus 195, right? Minus 270, plus 195, yeah. Okay, so we got a 75-cent straddle on the yes-no, mm-hmm. which means that if, let's say the true price should be, if there's no VIG in the world, minus 230, plus 230. So, they're charging you 40 cents extra in each direction. That's not a sort of bet that I want to try to beat. It's like it's like with baseball betting. I want to try to pick winners when a book's dealing minus 250 plus 225. Not when they're dealing minus 275 or minus 270 plus 195. Derek Henry, anytime touchdown, minus 155. Yes or pass? Derek Henry, first touchdown of the game, plus 450. Tempting. It is tempting, tempting, right? But you know what? These are the <laughs> Aren't those bets kind of like circus bets? Of course like, they these, are. These are these, yeah, exactly. These All are it the, takes is the Packers to receive the kickoff. These are and the then, carnival yeah. bets that if you make – if what happens is Derrick Henry will score first, and you'll say, see, I told you so, and like add it up at the end of the year, and you get 15% of them right, and you should be breaking even because they should be paying 625 but they pay 450 Exactly. So you get your yeah. butt kicked. Yeah, that's interesting. This uh, is what the square balls do, like on, on, on the national. Of this is what Clucko the chicken and the, and the experts at other stations do: is they they pick who's going to score first when it's just like plinko random noise. What's actually going to happen? And none, none of the options actually have value. Typically, I completely agree. With Exception that. to the rule: the starting running back gets scratched, and the and the backup running back or the or the two headed monster becomes the number two guy becomes the number one guy, and he's mm-hmm. ten to one. Okay. Don't hate it. In fact, with a game that might feature a lot of running, maybe play uh, some rushing props on some of the backups. So let's see. A.J. Dillon, 33.5 yards, as opposed to Aaron Jones, 57.5. Maybe that's an interesting way to look. Packers run the ball a lot with A.J. Dillon. You know, I'm going to pull back the curtain. One of the things I love to look at is, like, when they're betting on a guy. So maybe they're, they're bet Jones, maybe they're bet Dillon, and there's, like, a head-to-head prop, like Derrick Henry against Jones. And if one, if if Jones, if the money comes against him and it's coming on um, Dylan, maybe I get I fade Jones by betting on Henry minus however many yards he is against Jones because the math will work right now. But by kickoff, sometimes the math doesn't work. Last game against Dallas, AJ Dylan, thirteen carries, sixty-five yards against Detroit the week before, eleven carries, thirty-four yards. The week before that against Buffalo, ten carries. 54 yards. Sure feels like so three straight sure, weeks he's gone over. Sure feels like an over 33 and a half. He sure feels like a mutter also that the like the, the colder and the nastier it gets, the more. His, I, not his, the, his mother was a mutter. But I got news for you. Jones is good, too. This is a much better run defense than what they've seen mm, the last three mm. weeks. But Here, it's an injured run defense. True. Here's a guys a, out. How do we know? A, we got uh, new guys. <laughs> here's a question I'd like to ask you guys. Do we fade Christian Watson? Because we know that's who everybody was talking about all week. Christian Watson caught three touchdowns. He's the number one guy in, in Green Bay now. I'm wasn't, guessing inflated numbers wasn't he on the Christian dude that Watson. dropped the touchdown pass against the Vikings? Remember that? AJ, that? he doesn't even have props up right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Doesn't I, I like that directionally because that's what everyone just saw on SportsCenter. Yep. Yep. Who's the most added guy in fantasy leagues this week? I guarantee it's Christian Watson. Mm. Christian Watson, Allen Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Who, is, who has made... Christian, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alera, uh, an, an afterthought in that offense. Uh, by the way, I picked up Pacheco. Good for you. <laughs> Fez, thanks for the insight, and good luck. I, I know no players, but I actually was talking about Pacheco back in August, 
back when I was picking Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. Thanks, oh, yeah. guys. Well, I was talking about Pacheco <laughs> over a year ago. Why? Because he's a Rutgers guy. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's quickly update you on what's going on around the NFL as far as injury or starter news goes, especially at the quarterback position. A.J. Taylor Heineke is going to start once again for the Washington Commanders. I love the way that they announced this, though, because there was question marks after the win over the Eagles as to who's going to start the next game. Why? Wentz, ex- but that's <laughs> Who the had these questions? That's the point. Why, why were there questions? It, it, it should be a no-brainer that Taylor Heineke should remain their starting quarterback. But Ron Rivera said yesterday that Wentz has not yet been designated to return to practice. To me, that's the political answer. That's the way to save face for Carson Wentz right now and not say, hey, Wentz is our starter because he just beat the Eagles. No, I don't I don't disagree. And, like, you want to – you. You don't want to devalue Carson Wentz because you may need him again. You may want to move on from him and get you want to get as much as you can from him. You don't want to say Taylor Heineke is just better than Carson Wentz. Yeah, like that's not the the way to word this. So they're doing it the right way, even if Carson Wentz is ready to return. Mm-hmm. Here's what this opens the option for: Commanders win again. You say. You know, we got to go with the hot. We got to go with the hot hand right now. We'll see where it is as the season goes on. But for right now, we got to play with Heineke. He's won us a few games in a row. And they probably if they lose. Again. And if they don't win, well, then you just lost to the Houston Texans. You it sh- looks bad. Taylor Heineke. Go, yeah. Honestly, they should chop his hand off. If yeah, he loses to the Houston Texans. Point. So Taylor Heineke. Speaking of hot hands, four zero and one ATS in his last five starts. Eight two and one ATS in his last eleven starts. Another team that is sticking with their quarterback, the New Orleans Saints. They went about it a little bit differently. As uh, after they after they lost last week to the Steelers, they say, you know, we're probably gonna have to make a change at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a few days. <laughs> well, there's other things wrong with our team. It's not all on Andy Dalton. We everybody's got to play better. So Andy, he's gonna still start. This can't feel like great uh, great confidence boost for Andy Dalton. It's like. Well, we looked at our options, and I guess it's going to be you again, Andy. This this was a bad showing last week against a rejuvenated Steelers defense. Um, I am in the camp of why are the Saints being favored over teams? Mm-hmm. And that's the case here again this week, although that number's crashed since the – and I guess this can transition us into – the next team whose quarterback we're going to talk about, the L.A. Rams. Yeah, Matthew Stafford does clear, or they expect Matthew Stafford to clear the league's concussion protocol and is expected to play on Sunday against the Saints. The spread is now down to three and a half. So New Orleans is still favored over the Rams. It was and four and a half yesterday. Yes, but I also think that this spread is not so much Stafford, it's the Cooper Cup injury, and that's why the Saints are favored. Cup is so uh, so much uh, such a valuable player for them, but Stafford was a full participant in practice yesterday, and th- th- that's it. He's going to play. And so with Stafford back after back-to-back losses, against a team that I think is not that good, or back-to-back three straight losses, against now Andy Dalton and the Saints. I know it's in New Orleans, but New Orleans hasn't exactly been a dominant home field advantage over the past couple of seasons. Everyone wants to talk about how you know good that advantage was for New Orleans. Do you realize that the Saints are just 4-8 and eight 
straight up at home yeah. since the start of last season. So that's not a big home field advantage. I actually love the Rams here. Plus you can't. The you, it's it's Rams or nothing. You can't interest me in the Saints as as favorites. It doesn't make any sense to me. That's what same thing I said last week. Who are the Saints to be favored in Pittsburgh? Now, who are the Saints to be favored against the defending Super Bowl champions? Yeah. No thanks, friend. Uh, last quarterback news, and we'll get more on this uh, as we progress throughout the week and progress throughout the weekend because the game is not until Monday Night Football. But Kyler Murray says that his hamstring feels better. Still don't know about his status. The 49ers and Cardinals will play in Mexico City on Monday night. Yeah, and they're in a particularly weird spot because the Cardinals said that Kyler may need another week or so mm. to come back. Kyler says, I'm feeling good, but unsure if I'll be back. And remember, at the end of that game last week, Colt McCoy had a knee injury. So now he's day-to-day, which, you know, who knows as the week progresses, because like you said, they, they don't play till Monday. There's a yep. long time between now and then. But if neither one of those guys can go, you're talking about Trace McSorley being the quarterback on Monday Night Football in Mexico City mm-hmm. against the 49ers. Woof. That doesn't sound good at all. I want to, I want no part of that. I'm curious how this game plays out, though. We know altitude's going to be a factor. Uh, it's higher elevation than Denver. So, uh, And what we also know is that the favorites in these international games usually win, especially in Mexico City, uh, where I think there's been four games already in Mexico City. The favorite has won and covered all. More baseball awards coming out. Justin Verlander wins his third Cy Young Award, a unanimous vote in the American League. Verlander with a tremendous season, uh, got all the first place votes. Again, I said unanimous. Dylan Cease of the White Sox, uh, he um, got some second place votes. Same thing for Shohei Otani, Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays. So it was but unanimous in both leagues, by the way, because Verlander got all the first place votes in the American League, and Sandy Alcantara in the uh, of the Marlins got all of the first place votes in the National League. It's the second time that both Cy Young Award winners were unanimous. Isn't that crazy? That is Just the wild. second time. Last time it happened, Bob Gibson and Denny McLean in 1968. Oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. How unbelievable is it that Justin Verlander is doing this at this age? Yeah. It's, it, like, you have to go back to, like, Nolan Ryan, basically, to mm-hmm. find someone who's – like, there's guys who have pitched it in – like, Bartolo Colon was still pitching. But I'm at this level, is it's almost unheard of. But he also – is coming. He came off of Tommy John surgery. Yes. So guy, He's a freak show. Yeah. Uh, he now becomes the 11th player to capture at least three Cy Young Awards. Seven of those other 10 players are in the Hall of Fame. How many of those guys have an MVP to go with those three Cy Youngs? Uh, I'd have to check that out. Because I'm guessing the answer is zero. Well, I don't know. So we got to check. Randy Johnson, Steve Carlton, Greg Maddox, Sandy Koufax, Pedro, Jim Palmer, and Tom Seaver. Uh, the other two, Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer, will eventually be in Cooperstown. There's one other guy that does have three Cy Young awards that is not in Cooperstown. Uh, do you want to guess who that is? Ooh. Who could that? Oh, Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the, oh, there is one guy. Clayton Kershaw has an MVP. I forgot about him. There you go. So they, he does make the list. 
And Roger Clemens. Yeah, Roger, Roger Clemens, also uh, 1986. And, and real quick on Alcantara, he had such a great season last year. I mean, this was the guy, we talked about him a lot. I was betting on the Marlins a lot when he pitched. Remember, Sandy Day. Sandy Day is the best day of the week. And you were constantly betting Sandy first fives. His numbers don't jump off the page to you, like 14 and 9. But again, wins and losses don't matter that much. You know, 2.28 ERA, .98 whip. But what impressed me the most about Alcantara and why I thought he should have been the runaway winner for this award was how many times he pitched deep into games. He had several complete games this year, which is just something that you don't see often in Major League Baseball. And then oftentimes, if he wasn't going nine, he was going eight innings. So constantly pitching into the eighth inning. Uh, what a job he did for his team. Just a tremendous season for Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins. Two unanimous winners. No, it was never any doubt. And now we just wait to see uh, how many people will vote for Shohei Otani over Aaron Judge to win the American League MVP. And one other baseball notes, the Mariners acquired Teoscar Hernandez in a trade with the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, Seattle trying to acquire a little more offense. Uh, They did send two pitchers to Toronto in the deal. Big game in hoops last night. The Texas Longhorns, 93-74 winners over Gonzaga. This was an incredible performance by Texas, who was dominant from pretty much start to finish. Uh, Drew Timmy, who, if you recall the game last year, just dominated. They rel- they held him in relative check, 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting. Uh, Texas, my big concern, what I said uh, yesterday morning, was how where are they going to get their offense from? Not a good three-point shooting team. Well, the three-point shooting showed up. 13 of 33. Wow. You'll take that. Tyrese Hunter led the Horns with 26 points, 5 of 8 from 3. The real difference in this game, though, 20 turnovers for Gonzaga, only 10 for Texas. Texas, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Gonzaga, typically a good defensive team as well. They just did not have it last night against Texas. This is a huge win for Chris Beard and really – a team in Texas that is kind of the post-hype sleeper. Last year, they dominated the transfer portal. If you said, put the top 10 transfer portal guys on the wall, Chris Beard took like five of them Mm. and said, this is what I'm rolling with. And his first year there, pretty much a disappointment. Year two, though, you assume these guys start to kind of meet what what their expectations were. It looks like that's what happened last night. Uh, it, just a, a, a great showing. Marcus Carr, who was kind of the prize of last year's transfer portal class, tw- he had 16 points last night, so a good showing for him. And Dylan Disu did a good job on both ends defensively uh, and then put up 12 points as well. So great win, the biggest win of the Chris Beard era so far. And the first time Gonzaga had been an underdog since 2019. That's Think crazy. That. That, that's crazy. Uh, let me ask you about a game we have coming up tonight, uh, Myrtle Beach Invitational. Uh, Texas A&M, number 24 team in the nation, taking on Murray State. Texas A&M is 12.5-point favorites. Murray State is a well-known mid-major. A lot of people know that they, they have a good tournament runs every year. 
What do we think about the Racers this season and their chances here against the Aggies in uh, Conway, South Carolina? So, yes, they are a well-known mid-major. They also have a completely different roster than last year. It was basically 100% turnover. Uh, We saw these Racers against St. Louis, and defensively they were just dreadful, 91 points. Uh, then they played against a basically a, a D2 school. So it's hard to know what they are right now. Uh, I want nothing to do with Murray right now. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen Texas A&M play two lower-level teams in, in Louisiana Monroe and Abilene Christian and handle both of them. Uh, but in that Abilene Christian game, you really saw their defense stand out. 58 points for Abilene Christian, and, and, and even in the first game, 87-54. So... This has been a team that has been better offensively than I expected and incredibly good on defense. I think that was kind of expected already. The The problem for these Buzz Williams teams since he's been at A&M is they haven't been able to score. Looks like maybe some of those woes could be, uh, could be off the board. And again, if this is a bad defensive team in Murray, which I think it might be, the only way I can look is to uh, to the Aggies. Speaking of well-known mid-majors, the uh, late game uh, at the Myrtle Beach Invitational was Loyola Chicago against Tulsa, and uh, the Ramblers are laying seven points. Is this uh, a, a good Loyola Chicago team this year, one that we should be on the lookout in the A-10? Uh, yeah, I, I think they're good. I, I mean, are they gonna? Are we talking about a Final Four team? No, no. Saying, but they, like, like, are they are they a favorite to win the Atlantic Ten? Are they are they a team that we should be looking at? And and when we see them posted on some of these, you know, nationally televised games, should we take a look at them? I, I think they're worth looking at. They're a lot different team. And remember, like you said, the the Atlantic Ten is a big difference. Like playing in the Atlantic Ten is not like playing in the Missouri Valley. Not sure. that the Missouri Valley is a bad conference. But this is a little bit better conference that they're going to be dealing with. That said, you know, Dayton and St. Louis are the class of the A-10. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm putting anybody else ahead of Loyola. It's Loyola, Richmond, and VCU, who VCU had a disappointing loss last night. They were favored. They opened as a point-and-a-half favorites against Arizona State, who was without their best player. They were up with, I'm telling you, six minutes – 15 seconds left in the game. Oof. They are they're in control of things. They they're running away with this game. 6-17, they're up 56-48. They lose the game 63-59. 3 points in the last 6 minutes plus of game time. So VCU with a disappointing loss. I'd say Loyola, I if I were power rating the A10 right now, I'd probably put them in a solid third. From college hoops to college football, we got a game tonight in the American Athletic Conference, SMU at Tulane, and uh, the number 21 wave, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Taking a look right now at the American Athletic Conference standings, Tulane can still get to the conference championship game. They are in control of their own path. They just need to win out. A win here over SMU moves them to 6-1 and one in the conference, and then they play Cincinnati the final game of the regular season. They beat Cincinnati. Guess what? You're locked into the American championship game. Uh, the loss to, to UCF certainly hurts them, but it doesn't 
prohibit them from getting into the American Athletic Championship game. Uh, Central Florida, of course, they're in control of their own path. All they have to do is finish out, and then uh, they're going to get to the title game. And then who knows? Maybe we have the rematch, UCF and Tulane. SMU still has a shot, though, AJ. SMU's losses in the conference were to UCF and to Cincinnati. So what they need is they need to win this game against Tulane and then have Tulane beat Cincinnati. And then you'll have three two-loss teams, and it'll come down to whatever tiebreaker goes on between these three two-loss teams. So things are getting interesting here the final two weeks of the regular season. Yeah, and and this is a a Tulane team that you know I've been high on all season long. We've talked about them at length. I think one of the best defenses in the country, and what they really excel at is – stopping explosiveness and what does SMU need to succeed explosive plays this is not an efficient offense it's an offense that kind of goes goes and then explodes I think if if Tulane can limit those explosive plays there's a real path to victory here because this SMU defense is so bad this is a very beatable defense Tulane not a great offense they're a fine offense they're not great I think they'll put up some points in this game this is also at home and coach Fritz has had amazing success against the spread at home. They lost last week at, at, with UCF yep. coming in. Asking them to lose two games against the spread in a row at home, I don't think it happens here. I, I like the wave. Yeah, it, it's tough to see them losing twice. Uh, SMU's been, man, on offense, they, they, they're, they're, they're special. Um, but defensively, they can be had. So if Tulane's defense steps up a, at any point and stops this offense, I don't think the Wave have any problem scoring on on the Mustangs. So I think to me it's Tulane or pass. It has to be. We got a small schedule in the NBA and a much larger schedule on the ice tonight. So let's get to a Thursday evening look ahead. The Nets will be in Portland to take on the Blazers. Portland minus one and a half with a total of 220 and a half. And reports coming out that uh, Kyrie Irving nearing completion of whatever the process was that was needed for him to return to the Nets. So we could see him as soon as Sunday, apparently. He's going to miss his eighth consecutive game tonight here in Portland. Mm. The Kings uh, will host the Spurs. Sacramento, seven-point favorites, total of 237.5. Speaking of the Nets, without Kyrie, Sacramento blew their doors off. Sacramento playing some some good offense right now. It's not a team I want to get in the way of. And the Pistons will be in L.A. to take on the Clippers. L.A. minus nine, total of 216. The Pistons, kind of like the Warriors, winless on the road this season. Owen 7 Detroit is oh. on the road this year. Let's head to the ice where the Flyers will take on the Bruins. Boston minus 355 with a total of 6. I'll be honest with you, AJ. I, I bet on the Flyers the other night. They stink. They <laughs> The only thing keeping this team together is the fact that they got a goaltender playing his butt off. But this team is really bad. And I'm not surprised to see Boston, who is 14-2 on the year, lined up as a minus 355 favorite in this game. Uh, the Avalanche are at the Hurricanes. Carolina minus 125, total of 6.5. Canadians are in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Montreal minus 115, total of 6.5. 
Stars are at the Panthers. Florida, minus 170, total of 6.5. Flames are in Tampa to take on the Lightning. Tampa, minus 125, total 6.5. The Devils, who have won 10 straight games, 13 of their last 14 games. And what do we always say, AJ? Is is this the time? Is this the the time? The Devils are underdogs in Toronto. What? The Maple Leafs are minus 145 with a total of six and a half. So, Scott, is this the time to fade the Devils? I I don't know. I I don't know. It's hard to listen. The team's won 10 in a row. You don't want to fade them as an underdog. So good. Okay. I bet I did. I bet against them. Uh, The game that they played against the Coyotes. I bet against them. Uh, Arizona goaltender has been, you know, great. Carmel, uh, Carmel Vimelka. And the Devils were starting um, Akira Schmid because their goaltender, Vitek Vanacek, got hurt. And Vanacek was also the back backup to start the year. And, and then he got hurt because Mackenzie Blackwood, the starter, he's been out. And I said, you know what? This is the time. We're going to take a plus 260, plus 270 price on Arizona. Devils are finally going to lose. Wasn't the time. Wasn't the time. Devils won four to two. <laughs> and then I thought about betting against the Devils in their next game against Montreal. Thankfully, I didn't. I stayed away. Devils won five to one in Montreal. This team is just incredible. They're young. They're fast. They never seem to fatigue, and they put more shots on goal than anybody in hockey. So it's so hard to bet against. What them. was the preseason expectation for them? Were they supposed to be no, just an average, average yeah. team? Yep. Nowhere near what they're doing right now. This is like I'm trying to think of a comparison to what the uh, the, the Devils have done. Is it like the Giants? No, because I want to think like a young team that's like a year away or maybe like a, a year too early. So think about like um, think about where think about a team that the was, Memphis Grizzlies last year. Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, young, fun team that yes. you know, like nobody, saw, everybody thought they were just okay. They ended up being what the two seed in the in the, in the Western Conference. Yeah, so maybe something. Yeah, maybe something like that. Just just a team that's young, that's athletic. That's they were fifty to one before the season started. Wow, to win the Stanley Cup. And right now, the updated odds, the Devils are. Let's see. Devils right now are 22 to 1. Whoa. Yeah. There's still one. There's still two, four, six, eight, ten. There's 11 teams ahead of them in the okay. odds. You buying in yet? Oh, oh you, at 22 to 1, yeah. Okay. I would buy in on the Devils. They're, they're fun. Uh, Penguins are at the Wild of Pittsburgh, minus 110, total 6.5. Islanders at the Predators, Nashville, minus 120, total of 6. Capitals at the Blues, St. Louis, minus 125. The Duckies, they're in Winnipeg to take on the Jets. Winnipeg, minus 210, total of 6. Rangers at the Kraken, New York, minus 135, total of 6. The Coyotes are here in Vegas to take on the Knights. VGK, minus 4. 20. They can't lose three in a row, right? Uh, I Hard to fathom, right? Yeah. VGK minus 420, largest favorite on the board. And then the Red Wings are at the Sharks. San Jose minus 125, total of six. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, AJ, because yesterday we gave out the promo code for you 
I know. And but we said we can use it for you said we said listeners can use it for anybody. At but they all used it on me. It cost me a bunch of money to be uh, honest. So that's cool. Uh, so <laughs> I promised you that I would do it for myself, and I would take the hit on today's show. So that's what I'll do. Uh, so go to pregame.com, take $10 off with the promo code SCOTT10, S-C-O-T-T-10. You get $10 off anything you'd like at pregame.com. I'll have a NHL daily package for tonight. Uh, if you want to jump on board the season-long package or get a daily pick from AJ or McKenzie or Fezzik or anybody, take $10 off. Use the promo code SCOTT10. That's on me. AJ took the hit yesterday. I'll take the hit today. But you can still use it on my stuff, by the way. You can use it on anything. That's what I said. Yeah. Uh, but I'll just take the hit. This is, you know, we'll go back and forth. It's fine. Like we'll see how <laughs> we'll see who we'll see who gets hit more, AJ or me. So Scott 10 is the promo code again. $10 off anything you'd like at pregame.com. And look, if you listen to this podcast, but you've never gone to pregame.com and sign up yet, well, now is the time to do so because Pregame.com is going to give you a free $25 site purchase just for signing up. Signing up takes 90 seconds. You can take advantage of being a site member by making and tracking your own picks. You can post your own picks in our pregame.com forum. You can uh, become a valued member, build up a following. So sign up today, get $25 in site credit to purchase premium picks from any one of our Pre-game pros, uh, get your free best bet right now. If you have not already signed up, free $25 to new users at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I am Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah. <laughs>